Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome, everyone, and welcome back. Actually, I'm going to start that over. Welcome, everyone, and welcome back to Irene. Ah, start that one over. Welcome back to the... What is happening? <laughs> I'm going to use all of that. It's freaking adorable. I'm using well, every word you said. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to start crying now. No, just kidding. Welcome back to... <laughs> Welcome back to the Level of Latina podcast. This is episode 112-112, like we like to say, peaches and cream episode. Did it because of 112, right? Hey, so, hey, hey. welcome to 112. Yeah. So welcome to episode 112. Today we will be talking about our journey, both educationally and also our professional journey and some part of our personal lives as well, our personal journey. And along the way, how we've acquired and accumulated some good people on our team in the sense of mentors, counselors, you know, champions on our side, and just like really good people that had given us some of the best advice that have led us to become the women that we are today. So before I do that, and before we jump into that, how's everyone doing today? Ceci, you had a busy day at work today. You look great. I love watching you on our story. And then Irene, you just came back from Merida. So welcome back. Thank you, Vero. It's good to be back. Hola, hola. Aquí estamos. Estoy, estoy quemadita. I don't know if it's from like my walk today that I had a walk and I had a tank top or from camping this weekend. So no sé, pero según yo, I used, uh, you know, a lot of uh, sunblock, but I got some sun on me. And I know Irene does too. I know. I love it. I love it. I Irene, mean, she has a filter match. on right now. I know. It's so cool, right? The, I got to yeah. keep it going. I'm going to sit outside. I got to get my body to match. Like my side booty wasn't getting enough color. So <laughs> it was like, my husband was like, I got to buy you like a super thin little tanguita like the girls who try to tan at the beach. I was like, oh, I'm the privacy of my own backyard. Nude. Yeah, exactly. For the backyard, no, for your backyard. In the backyard. When the kids are not around, our kids are getting so old that like today was our first day back and we have two not home. They're like with our friends. The first thing they wanted to do, it's been a month. So one's been at the park skating. The other one is with their little girlfriend, the neighbor. So I was just thinking, it's just me, Diego, and the youngest. And that's what life's going to be like because they're getting older. Yeah. That's totally the opposite of of my story for today. (laughs) (laughs) You just finished wiping somebody's ass, I'm sure, literally. I did. And I I tried, I don't even have a watch and I was about to look at the time. Um, Like I tried doing, I put him to bed a whole 45 minutes early. So I hope he doesn't go crazy on me. So today I will automatically just let everyone know. I apologize in advance if you hear my little one screaming for mommy or my other two little ones, if they're killing each other, you know, back in (laughs) in the living room once they get, once they're done watching a movie. So anyway, today's a really good topic. I feel that many of us, you know, as we go along, we're all three of us, we're life coaches, we're business coaches, we're career and professional coaches. And throughout this process, obviously becoming a coach is something unique for everyone. You know, we all go into this kind of business or going into this kind of industry because of our experiences and what we've learned along the way and what we we wished we would have known when we were younger. And we do it on our end, right, to bring those women or the people along that we coach, bring them up to speed for them to feel understood that they're not the only ones going through what they're going through at the moment. For me, when I start thinking of mentors and, you know, um, like not just, uh, I'm a, for some reason, sponsors are coming to my head. It's not like I, I had a specific, I, I don't have a sponsor, you know, but I just never went that way. But if any of you have a sponsor, great. You know, it, it's it's anyone that has has had some sort of influence, influence or provided 
that piece of advice that we just needed to hear at that point of our lives. I'm looking at Ceci's notes and, you know, I'm looking like, I'm like, wow, educationally, there, there were a lot of people that were in our lives to, to kind of guide us. But for me in school, it was, it, I was just thinking about that today, actually, like when I was washing the dishes in, in the afternoon and I'm like, where would I have been? Like, I, I've been watching a lot of the, the, the reels that talk about how, um, first generation students being in school, being the first, the burnout that you feel from the expectations from your family and the expectations of being, you know, going to college, graduating, getting that career, that ideal job when you graduate. And I was thinking like, did I ever experience that? And I never thought about it. But then today I was like, I think I did. I felt like I was doing so much. And for some reason, I, I always said, the more on my plate, the better, the busier I am, the more, the better I perform, you know, and I thought about this one specific quarter, it was like my super senior year, I was taking 20 units, I believe I was taking like five classes, then I was TAing a class. And then I was also helping Chela I was a professional professor in our in the Chicano studies department put a book together. I worked at financial aid. I also had the job as bartending, you know, at the at the coach house. So I had I was just so busy and I didn't have time to like mess around. I was still involved with hermanas. Dang, how did I get through it? Beside the fact that I had, I think, you know, the majority of us, the experience with hermanas unidas and that 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 camaraderie and that sisterhood, that hermandad, I felt that those women pushed me along the way. But then there were the the professors that just came in handy and they came in clutch when things were hard. I saw Melinda's name on your on your list and I was like, man, my heart just skipped a beat right there because there's mad love for that woman. You know, there's another, there was one of the women I worked with through the student affairs department and she put together that INT20 class, Britt Andriata. She was one of my, the people that I, I loved reaching out and asking for advice. And she was a, a highlight in my school career, right? In my educational career, along with the people from EOP, especially Ozzy, because he was one of the people that helped me realized maybe that I wanted to be a coach or a life coach because I was part of the EOP program. Not only did I work for STEP, I also did um, the program of determined students. I did a lot of their, you know, programs that they hosted through EOP. I became a part of, and I worked with along with like the tutoring section that was at, right behind them. I was a, a big, I took on a lot of that tutoring for math, but anyway, so educationally, I feel those three, those people come to mind a lot, but I feel that a lot of my growth came once I faced the real world. Right. I think a lot of us get hit with the truth. <laughs> Once we get out of college, we're like, oh my God, I don't have the Brits, the Aussies, the Melindas, these people to kind of get my hermanas aren't here to kind of guide me through that next step professionally. What's what's going on? And there were many people that did not look like me. I didn't have any Latino coaches or um, mentors or champions because they weren't the ones established in those positions to give me that guidance. So for me, one of my big mentors, to this day, I still reach out to her. Her name's Lakeisha, Lakeisha Harvey. And that woman, she is the best. We've had some of the best conversations that really gave me that determination to be above average and kick ass and see the potential within me. She's like, you have it, go for it. With that confidence to know and, and that I can that can lead a team, that I can make my, you know, my take my team to to excellence, drive them to excellence. Her along with um, Thomas Murphy, the regional manager at that time. And he was just one of those crazy white dudes, super cool, just down to earth, but was always like, you've got it, Vero. You just need to believe it. That's my baby crying in the background because he's like, that's a beautiful story, mom. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's along the way. And the thing is that they don't automatically come up to you and say, hi, my name is such and such. And I'm going to be your mentor and your champion. You know, It's more of like, hey, if you ever need to talk, I'm here. 
And it's, it's, it's been uh, on our end, it really is our responsibility to be like, hey, you know, you mentioned you have that, you were willing to talk or you were available um, in case I had any questions or anything. And me having to reach out and be like, hey, can I take you up on that lunch? Can I take you up on that coffee? To this day, like I mentioned, Lakeisha, Thomas, then there's Rory and Ray, who are also like, um, you know, very, very, very good cheerleaders on my end. And when it came down to them putting a name out there for a promotion, you know, they were always very supportive and, and they were, they were, they were confident that I would step up to the plate, bring it all the way, bring it home all the way when uh, they would put my name out there. So those people truly believing you allows you to just, you know, it gives you that, that confidence and that feeling of, of invincibility, I think to really go through the hard times of, you know, the being overworked or feeling you're just burnt out and working those 60 hour weeks, you know, they, they understand and they can, they find ways to really guide me through. They have found ways to guide me through that. And that's what I felt. It was really important to have mentors and those champions to get you far in your career without being alone. Yeah. I think, I think what you were saying is that, you know, they're there and they, they, have offered the help and you know the shoulder or the hand holding whatever you want to call it but also it's it's oh man of course now my kids are yelling <laughs> se están aventando la bolita ver los chiquillos de vero a, a las mías i i just imagine the listener being like screw champions and mentors y'all need to give some babysitters <laughs> yeah well i do my mom no 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 these are children you can't control children that must speak and be heard okay and they have an opinion too and Beto's youngest is over here like my mama's my mentor i need you to hear it and then yours too your twins were like my mom too sorry about that that's yeah. right that's right if your mama is irene Beto, or ceci you better believe that those kids want to be heard they want to speak out That's and right. they have great mentors. And luckily, oh, I'm going to get the chills now. Luckily, they have us now, right, to turn to because we were first generation and we were navigating it all so we can guide them. And I know, Irene, uh, that reminds me, your son was doing college classes abroad from what what school was it? It's really exciting. He started a second class today, so it's much easier here at home. But he's doing like a UC San Diego extension. They're engineering classes, and one was like building machines. Ruby or Rudy, I always get the name wrong. Goldberg machines, and they're like devices that sort of become a chain reaction. So we had to build one in Mexico, and we have like all these products that we had to buy. But he had a really good time for a week. And then he did one this week that he started, iOS programming so you know programming the system in mac devices or whatever but it's cool because the idea is hopefully that he finds mentors through this that he makes connections that he finds champions you can never start too soon i reached out to Otto, actually veto's husband and i was like what do we do with our son i mean he's thinking about engineering it's a very initial thought but he's a sophomore i don't know how early you start to think about what they need to do and who they need to meet and Otto had some really good advice around there's always smart engineers but networking is not necessarily your skill socializing they can be kind of zoinksy and these weren't his words but he basically described someone who's really book smart but how are you going to stand apart and i read from that completely that like the social skills are so important who you know being able to work a room whether that means learning to golf so that you meet people or going to places outside of your comfort zone to i don't know play chess join a frat i mean it can be anything networking can be a lot of things socialize in a way that you like that's something that can 
can enhance your skills and your outlooks. I like that. I like that Otto's advice was like, who's he around? What are his networks? And I was hoping that this class, even though it's virtual because of everything going on, he'll maybe meet people. He'll meet professors. Maybe there's someone he can contact later, a professor that will remember him. You know, he was really excited about the work. So it's never too soon to start. If you have kids that are in high school, if you yourself are in school and you feel like you're still missing something and you're in this journey in school, it could be your community. Like Vero said, Hermanas Unidas, the different people that she worked with, the different programs she was a part of. I know when we had our husbands on our show, Luis talked about how he had this really good program for engineers that were low resource and he avoided being in it. And then he joins this program, finds the support he needs, realizes that he's not a failure for not doing that. So if you're thinking like, where do I even start to look for mentors and champions? Sometimes it's those programs that we don't want to join. In my notes, I wrote sis, which meant something when I wrote it, not sister. My sister was a big mentor of mine. So it's funny when I wrote that, I thought, I guess my sister is like one of my first coaches and mentors. But what sis meant was suffering in silence because I think that when I was growing up I did a lot of suffering in silence because that's just how I was raised everybody has their first gen issues but I was the baby of six everyone's like you're lucky you haven't made your trauma is different than ours like you're at least not dirt poor and witnessing abuse like we did or whatever the excuse was right <laughs> at least you're being raised in this country so whatever the thing was that was like don't worry your life isn't bad you have everything you need get over it like I was raised like one of those quintessential Latinos that it's like no llores I'll give you something to cry about don't worry about it I'm okay Okay with that now. I mean, I've gone through therapy to work through that, right? Live my life, had my own kids. But it taught me without realizing, and I only realized that now in my 40s, to just kind of figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, suffer in silence. It's okay. Like you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And I was raised to believe in myself, which is great. Again, the youngest of six, that didn't mean asking for help. You don't ask for help. You don't have a mentor. You don't have a champion. My mom would have thought it was weird if my big brother, big sister would have shown up to pick me up, you know, mentoring, right? My mom would have been like, hell no, I'm your mama. Who's this weird white lady or whatever the stereotype is. They don't have to be people that are not of your culture or background. Anyway, I did a lot of suffering in silence early in my life because I thought I'll just figure it out. I'll just figure it out. And I don't mean suffering like I knew I was suffering, but I didn't ask for help. For many, many years, I thought like, I'll just figure it out. But there were key people in my life that actually were mentors and were helping me without me realizing it. The first college class I took was at Isaiah's age because a teacher helped me fill out a form and said, you should go to UCLA and take this class. That was a mentor, like an action. The first time I really traveled and went to DC was a teacher who was like, 200 bucks, go on this. I think I've already said it in the podcast. Like that teacher saw something in me, but it wasn't real like mentorship until I got to college, like Vettel said, where I had teachers that were incredible and really knew me and cared about what my gifts were and really saw me. So there's no more of that like suffering in silence, at least with a professor, because that was another thing. I thought we grow up, we don't ask our professors. We think they're all knowing and smart. Oftentimes they're like white males, at least where we grew up and you don't identify. They sure as shit weren't like Latina women that were teaching me ever at Inglewood High, which hopefully has changed, but there was no approachability. So when I got that in college where I had like at least one or two professors or people, like Melinda, like you guys say, that you felt like, man, they're a lot like me. I can talk to them. They get me. That really changed the game for me. And I didn't have to necessarily figure it out. And then eventually in my life, the people that I technically like worked for, like the presidents of my board and the people on my board at my nonprofit were incredible. And I realized those are the people that were transformative. Veto, I think said something. There was something you said about Lakeisha. Was her name Lakeisha? Just like what, like you lit up, you lit up when you talked about her, your energy changed when you talked about her. Like that was a moment of true like connection that I'm like, that was a game changing person. And I felt that I highlighted this person, Charlie, who was the president of my board when I became ED, because it was another one of those suffering and silence moments where I thought I'm young, I'm Latina, who do I connect to? I have to have it figured out. And I didn't, 
I didn't know a lot. And he was such a great approachable guy who was like respectful of me and saw the bright star that I was and saw where I was rough around the edges and embraced who I was. And yet always gave me advice, was always in my ear, was more like a champion because Veto always says mentors and champions. He was more of a champion in that sense, different than a mentor where I would go to him and like, tell me every move that I need to make, or you're in the industry that I want to be in, or you're like me, like that's kind of a mentor. He was a champion in the sense where he could see maybe mistakes I was going to make down the road or things that I wasn't thinking about. I remember when he first tried to offer for me the job. I didn't want to take the job from the person who was in the role at the time. I felt she wasn't doing well, but I didn't want to like come in underhanded. And then when he hired me, he's like, you probably should have been more ruthless there. Like that's the kind of thing a champion says to you. You probably should have shown a little more like, you know, tough skin there in the sense that your nails came out, right? Like take the person's job. You deserve the job. And But he loved it. It was like, but you went your way and there's something so in integrity about you and there's something so great about you. And then we come and hire you and we know that about you. Like once they hired me, they know like, ah, but she's not very like a snake in the grass. Like she can be trusted because she wasn't really into around this person's back. So I know I'm saying a mouthful, but it's a lot about how you show up for people and what you show them. So then he could be a champion for me because he knew what was my gifts. He always knew what was my gifts and he always encouraged me to use my gifts. And then behind the scenes, he was helping with things that clearly weren't my gifts, like being more strategic, helping me manage people. Like he would come to me and say, how are you going to handle that? And that's awesome when he's giving you like the insight of stuff but not in a gossiping way, but in a helpful way. Or he would give me choices. What do you think? How do you want to handle this? He wouldn't tell me how to do something. Here's some three choices. You figure out the way to handle it. So I think that was almost like good parenting, that championness of him. I want to take it back to high school because I was lucky enough to have like two really great, they were mentors, but they were my high school counselors. And this was because I was in the um, the Puente program for that was focused on first generation Latino students. We've talked about this before. Otto was in it. And our freshman year, we had Mr. Ibarra. Mr. Ibarra was a great counselor. And in fact, it was because of him that I was allowed to go to this overnight field trip to Stanford. Um, and it was like, you know, the, the whole purpose, the purpose of the Puente class is that it was your regular English class, but they also incorporated like Latino literature and they took us on college overnight field trips. The first one being Stanford. And my mom was, you know, I'm the oldest, so she was super strict um, I couldn't go to dances. I couldn't go out with friends. I couldn't do sleepovers. And I definitely couldn't do an overnight field trip to Stanford. No, como crees, you know? So, you know, she wasn't going to allow me to go. And um, Mr. Barra set up a, a meeting with my mom to, and I remember being there for a long time. And uh, basically he convinced her to allow me to go to this field trip and experience college life because we got to tour the school we got to stay there overnight in the dorms with current college students and just we got to experience college life and that was for me I was what 13 14 at the time and I got to see what college was like and you know it was it required my mom to buy me a sleeping bag and all that but so it was because of him that my mom let go of that strictness of 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 for that year at least and I was allowed to go on this field trip and similarly Ms. Garcia you Vero you met Ms. Garcia our the our high school counselor Mr. Ibarra was only there one year for Puente and then Ms. Ms. Garcia was there the following years and we still keep in touch with her to this day but she all she made sure we like all the Puente students were on track that we were taking the proper college prep classes making sure we were making the grades and really made sure that we had 
people to talk to and speak to. We, we had mentors. We had people coming in and helping us fill out college applications, uh, learn about FAFSA, everything that we didn't know as first generation students. And, and we didn't have anyone to turn to. We didn't have our parents. So those two were great uh, figures in my life. And again, I still, I still keep in touch with Ms. Garcia. We got to see her two years ago for our 20 year reunion. That was really cool. Um, we never were able to get a hold of Mr. Garcia. I don't know where he's at. We don't know what happened to him. So hopefully, I don't know, one day we can reach out and say, Hey, you know what? Thank you. Because I still remember you had this conversation with me, with my mom and who knows, right? Who knows if like, that conversation wouldn't have happened if I would. My mom would have been like, set her foot down, and said, no, 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 vas porque no vas. Y tampoco vas a Santa Bárbara. Va a decir no, que qué hacemos. No, but it's like, yeah, it's a whole new world to our parents, and then even to us. You know, now that we're moms, it's like, am I gonna allow for sleepovers? I know how yeah. crazy it is out there. It makes us, you know, wonder and really ask those questions. But good, I'm glad that that happened, and your mom was like, all right, le abro los ojos de una manera to to give you that trust give you yeah. that trust and the people around you, right? That were taking you out of your home. And they're like, we're going to expose her to something very different education, you know, higher education. So it's all right. And that's really right. cool that your mom was able to, to be down with that. Yeah. And it's such yeah. a big deal that like bridge for us, because that bridge for us is bigger than a lot of people. We don't grow up embracing what mentors or champions are, or even believe or trust a counselor. I mean, I do this for a living and I work with high school counselors at my nonprofit that, you know, is trying to encourage parents to trust the school, trust the form you're going to sign, trust this program. It truly is free. I mean, there's a lot of that. And we can't really blame first generation families that have a language barrier, perhaps, or have been burned, perhaps, because people take advantage of folks that may not understand what's in the contract. And so when someone's telling you, I'm going to take your kid to Stanford, it's only going to cost this, or these are the resources, you're like, wait, where's the catch? Or how do I not know it's not dangerous? And so we had to be really bold little risk takers too, to be down to do it. Nobody in our family, nobody older, trust those people that were like some version of a mentor or a champion, you know, coming to us and supporting us. And then our parents had to be really strong and bold. Cause I remember times that my mom really wanted to say no out of fear. No is fear. It's like, no, no le va a pasar nada si no va. You know, but everything I'm going to miss out on if I don't go, mom, you know, everything I'm not going to be able to be. And our parents don't understand potential. And for anyone that's holding on to what their parents didn't understand, I don't mean like abuse. I don't mean trauma. Some people had parents that were pretty crazy. And I, I, I do see you and I hear you. And I respect that you can have toxic relatives that were just no good. But for those of us who have parents that don't understand us because they just didn't understand things like potential, they didn't understand things like opportunities because they were trying to protect you, understand that it's because you were the first, you were the first to do this incredible thing that may have seemed so small in a person that's high income, that's raised in this country. They take those opportunities for granted. They grow up going to camp. They grow up learning from their parents, friends, and they're like apprentices when they're like four years old learning the trade. I don't know. Like it's pretty dramatic, the swing. So for us that our parents got to be brave, like forgive your parents. You know, forgive your parents for not knowing about potential, not knowing about where you could have been. Because a lot of people I see still resent their parents for that. Oh, I could have been this. I could have been that. My parent didn't let me go. My parent didn't let me do. Like, well, at some point it was their fault. They didn't understand. And now it's your life. Now you go put yourself out there. Why are you still not part of the network? Why haven't you still joined the club? Why aren't you around those people that now you feel a little intimidated by? Go join the club now. 
become that firefighter now, become that computer whiz now. Like we can't freaking blame our parents forever, but I know there's a lot of that in our community. Speaking of bridges, speaking of like being first, of going to step, like we all met at step. That was a great bridge into what college life was going to be. And at that point, you know, we were, we were adults or soon to be adults. And we made that decision to go there. Um, and, and that really put us there and, and introduced us to the college life. And, you know, put, we, we put ourselves out there like meeting people and, and coming already to college with friends when we started the school year. Ridiculously incredible in the sense that like, I don't even know if they do something like stuff, but plucked out great kids that were like-minded from similar communities. They pluck these kids out. They take them to UCSB all free for two weeks. And then you really get to work through like being homesick. You get to work through feeling inadequate in class and you take a math class or an English class or whatever, and you get to make friends and it's fun. And it's totally like all built for you to build those relationships and not feel so alone. But I got super lucky because I knew one random person that went to UCSB. When I was touring the school, I happened to bump into her of the thousand thousands of people, the sea of bikes I run into friends with a friend I had in high school. And I remember she's like, whatever you do, um, two tips, you know, this is how you get the best dorm request these themes, these halls. And I did end up in a great dorm with the like ocean view. And she's like, and number two, you got to go to step. I'm like, what step? She's like, you got to find out about step. So yo solita, which is why I wanted to say this point. Yo solita when I was suffering in silence, because I was always kind of thinking like, well, I don't know. I don't know. But I was definitely hella resourceful. My mom, like, that's her vibe. Like she asked any question seem vergüenza. Like she'll get anywhere. And that's how I travel to this day. We're like, ask, ask, ask. I'm never embarrassed to ask. And that's where I was like, what step? I'm getting a step. How do I apply to step? How do I go to step? Step changed my life. I wouldn't be in Hermanas Unidas. We wouldn't be friends. We wouldn't have the years of relationships all because of two weeks that we went out there and networked and we were each other's mentor. Cheerleaders, my sorority, my hermanas, like you were my peers. I hung on to hermanas like a crazy person because it's like, entre nosotras, we'll figure it out. We want to travel. We want to become this major. We want to get this job. Like we may not even know what the hell we're doing, but we're going to mentor each other. And that was beautiful. And we still do. I mean, we still do. We're like, the cheerleaders for each other, like, oye, que me voy a poner, like, we're talking about it today. Ese color no se me ve bien, bien ahorita, que creen que decimos, como lo hacemos, you know, like, we're, sh- we're still, we're still, we're all like, we're all three versions of sausages hace rato. It's like, this is my sausage, this is my sausage. Um, we're like, will the white toes mm-hmm. be enough? We still are each other's peer mentors, and it's beautiful, so find your tribe, find your champion. All these people that, you know, kind of reached out, and, and, and it's us, then from there, taking the torch, right, and asking for help. I feel that we also need to to learn from them and the sense of like learning how to take that advice. One of my, well, my lifelong, you know, um, mentor and guide and therapist has been my brother. You know, he's, he's, we always say about how these mentors just see the potential in us and they see what we are able to accomplish. And um, when they give us advice, sometimes it could be scary, right? Why don't you do this? And here's a plan for you. And they and they can give you such specifics, such detail, and you run from it. Um, in the sense of parents, you know, our parents, I think, they see something in us. But they didn't tell us, go to school and be this. You know, you, you've had, you know, you, I, you've always had a strength in this. And you've always been really good at that. Our parents, for some reason, just weren't able to, they, they knew we had something special, but they didn't know how, how to tell us and how that can play into what we do in the future. But I mean, if we ask our moms right now, like, what, what, get, you know, what stood out about me, mom? And they'll tell you. And that's something who you are now to this day. And it really would have been helpful for us, I think, for our parents who would have shared that with us. Like, hey, you're really good at this. 
but they just didn't. And there wasn't that communication. So it really sucks. And I think now that's where we have to step up our game. Like I observe our, our little kids and be like, all right, you're really good at this. Or wow, you have some great physical balance and physical strength and, you know, blah, blah, blah. like all these different things. It's just now we're, we're learning and picking from them. This is the tip of the day. If this is number two or number one, I don't know. Ask your parents now. Like what they knew in you then, what they saw in you then, where they thought you would end up, like make the connection because they were our first sort of mentors and champions, however they did it, right? But ask your parents now, because I always think of my mom would always talk about how I was always in trouble for talking smart, good in school, responsible, but motor mouth. I got an award for being a motor mouth in kindergarten, always got called out for that, always got marks for that. When my kids get marks for that, I'm like, it's cool. It's just, it's part of who they are. It's good, who they're going to be. And now most of what I do is paid to speak, paid to lead from a more oral sense and from a sense of speaking from the stage or writing compelling content or here a podcast. But my mom will not be able to connect that, right? But she would for sure see it. I knew it. I like if my mom could grasp like social media and overposting and oversharing and she could grasp a podcast, like she's going to connect that like, that's how you were in kindergarten. That's how you were in first grade. Oh my God, you were the first one that was up there. Like you would be the first one to be in front of the audience and it is your career. And so ask your parents, that's a tip. Go ask them, what about you? What were those things? If you're kind of lost and not on the path, maybe it's like you're getting away from who you really are or what, what your real gifts are and you're like avoiding your real gifts. Um, and I'm not just saying only lean on your natural gifts because maybe it's not enough. You also have to grow other areas, but also sometimes you don't feel true to who you are. Like I couldn't do this world if I was like in a quiet accounting job. I picked on accountants last time I brought up a career. Um, let me think of another career. I couldn't work <laughs> what a at hater. What a corporate lawyer. Hater. Corporate <laughs> lawyer. Accountant friends. Corporate lawyer. Yeah. yeah. A corporate lawyer. Like a corporate lawyer. I don't know if they don't, if they don't engage enough. Like, yeah, I couldn't. Like, I, if I had to like sit in my office and work and not talk to people, because you're kind of some people love. Cause my husband can be alone for hours. He can think for hours with a book. He's read so much on our trip. Totally opposite of me. Every time I was posting on social media, he was in the background like reading a book. Like we are different people. But the point is, like, you to know that about yourself because you could be su super miserable. You're not reaching out to a mentor. You're not reaching out to a champion. You're in this career that you think you're supposed to be in, and it is not you. It is not your natural state of what brings you joy and feeds you energy and momentum and life. So ask your parents, ask your older siblings, ask that teacher you're so connected to, like what they saw in you, what career they think that translates into and like reevaluate, like, are you really in something that is truly you? Because aren't there like some people that are like, just she was meant to be a therapist, like our friend Evelyn, like when she talks, I'm like, if you want to feel comfortable, oh, yeah. listen to her talk, listen yes. to her stories. She talks with this soothing comfort, like this soothing comfort. And then Ana Martinez, who's also on the podcast, who's a principal, like she comes across like a freaking principal, a leader of people. And then our friends who are freaking politicians, duh, you see them in the way. Yeah. And, I, and obviously I'm like, now it's obvious in hindsight, but no, like some people are just in the perfect career. So if you're feeling a little miserable, evaluate that career and your person. I'm going to go ask my mom right now after this because she's here. Yep. Like, give a yes and me. Um, I wanted to say, lastly, because we mentioned her earlier, it was um, Melinda Gandara. That woman, she was the cheerleader for all of us. I remember her. She was our she was our, our advisor for Hermanas Unidas, and she spoke at, like, Dia de la Familia. She would have our parents in tears, and she was always, like, always there for us and, you know, writing letters of recommendation. I remember my she was we met her because she was a TA our freshman year in uh, Chicano Studies uh, 1A, or I think the, the first intro class. And I remember writing a, a, a paper, and mind you, I was I was still in that remedial like writing class, and I forgot what the paper was, but I remember like it was like a C or something, and she, she said, you know what, I want you to rewrite this paper, and I'm going to help you because you're 
you t- are totally capable of getting that A. So I remember I, I thought I was done and I had like one final to go. And I was like, oh, I just have one final. But she's like, okay, pero I'm here. So I could have easily been like, oh, well, I'll just take my C. Ya terminé, me voy, me voy for um, winter break. But she forced me to con- come back. Not forced me, but, you know, I it's she like we were saying. She persuaded you. She, she persuaded me and she cared enough to help me with that paper. And it could have been like, okay, th- thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go have my vacation. But I came back and I sat down and I said, okay, well, what do I need to correct? Me ayudó. And she gave me pointers and I came back and, sh- and I got an A on the paper. So, yeah. so Melinda, esa mujer también, we, we've lost contact with her. I don't know if you guys talked to her. I, I think Sandra does, no? Doesn't Sandra, Sandra? Keep in touch with her? I believe Sandra has definitely been in touch with her. No. I think we need to maybe be really cool if we could find her and like surprise everybody on our Palm Springs trip with like a little yeah. call to her. Maybe we'll put, oh, put yeah. some emails out there, maybe like a FaceTime because I think everybody would really appreciate like seeing her yeah. face again. Her. Like she really did have a way of speaking that was like brings you to tears and it was really quite beautiful to see her confidence and I know she knew she was lifting up women like her which we needed more of there just wasn't many people who look like us at UCSB that's what Ralph Armbruster Sandoval was for me as my professor like just someone who I felt very seen by and someone who was passionate and he was so passionate about social justice and about like people being heard because they were so disenfranchised. Like him being passionate about the revolution made me feel like, man, it's kind of cool to be badass and like stand up for yourself and your community. And that kind of teacher, like it made you want to take every class. It gave you such confidence to be someone who stood out for your kind, people who look like you, your voice matters. And remember I said in the beginning, like suffering in silence, that's the opposite. Like he's going to want to hear your voice. If you're crying in class, he's happy. We're all crying. He cries. Teachers that cry in front of you, my God, what kind of like vulnerability for a man to cry in front of you, like every other class, talk about a safe space, talk about just being impactful. I mean, he was a teacher that changed my life. I had to take every single class with him because I knew that I was going to be flying high and he was going to bring out a very natural gift of mine to be okay with being seen and be okay with being heard. Cause I did like to speak and I did have great energy and I did have a vulnerable side and they make it okay. Champions and our mentors are not doing anything necessarily special. It's who they're being. Like literally who they're being, how they set that example, how they make it safe for you to be who you are. Like I just thought a freaking professor that cries, like give me a break. How much more deep can you be? And he didn't care and it happened all the time. And he's still that man to this day, ran into him when we all went for a little get together at UCSV once and still friends on Facebook and just super connected, super down to earth, but find those people, hang on to them. God, take every class, read every book, stay in their corners, stalk them on social media because people like that, that really are who they are are and just model being champions are really worth having in our lives. And yes, Erin, I really think I, I definitely agree with you. And we're talking about mentors, champions, and those influential people that really made a difference in our lives in one way or another. And in some cases, they did this indirectly without them specifically calling themselves your mentor or your champion, but they just made a decision to help you out because that is who they are. Um, and they don't look for that recognition. But then there's also, I want to highlight, um, there's also role models. And these are people that we look up to and they aren't necessarily in the same industry or same field or profession as you, but they just make an impact simply by how they live their life. So in this case, I what I want to recommend is to anyone that you look up to like that, you know, it is good to let those people know so that if you have any role models, let them know, reach out to them and thank them for doing what they're doing because it's influencing you one way or another um, to live a better life, right? And it, it could be people on social media. Like this is a generation where we hate on each other and don't necessarily give kudos and props. We were trained in college to give each other props and gas each other up. 
but like tell those people on social media, like, you know what? Every other post of yours inspires me, or you're the reason I lost the 10 pounds, or dang, I love the relationship you have with your husband. Like it inspires me. Like I like when I get like little notes like that about people that are positive in your life, reach out and you never know. That may be a future mentor, a future champion. That may be somebody who actually ends up providing something really great to your life. If you're bold enough and courageous enough to be like, thank you for that message. Thank you for that example. There you go. Ceci, I want you to finish up on your mentor. So I know that you have some very significant ones that you have not yet mentioned. Oh, yeah. I was like over here Googling Melinda, <laughs> trying to find her. You know, we were saying how once in our careers, we d sometimes didn't have people that looked like the us and there were usually white. And that was Bob's case. Bob is my, um, my former boss, mentor, the only attorney that I knew as a kid growing up, the one that kind of opened the door for me at his firm. And again, it was like, it was not about like being the smartest in, in your law school. It wasn't for me, at least. And it wasn't about like, oh, being on law review. It was like, I knew this person, he knew my work ethic and he allowed me to like come work for his firm for, um, right after law school. So he was really a champion and a cheerleader and really, you know, to this day still like, Hey, how's the job going? And you're welcome back here, says, and you know that. So even though he, you know, doesn't look like me and we don't have the, we don't have the similar like background, he's still there and he's still, you know, rooting me on and, and being the cheerleader that I needed because I didn't know anyone, you know, in the, in this profession. So that's Bob. Vero, do you have somebody else that we missed from your list? Um, no, I think I mentioned everyone, but I do want to bring something up. I mentioned my brother earlier. And this is in the case of like my personal part now, right? The personal part of my life. Uh, my brother has been one of the most influential and impact impactful people in my life. He's given me some of the best advice uh, ever. And, um, and he gives me this different perspective because he just knows me so well, right? He just knows me so well. He knows me since I was this little bratty, rebellious little girl to who I am now. So when I started this new journey of my life, meaning motherhood, um, I didn't think of reaching out to him and I just like disregarded him and I disconnected in a sense, not intentionally, like not wanting to communicate with him, but I was just like, no, I'm not going to reach out to him. El que vas a ver? What advice can he give me? And they started this point of like me really missing my brother because normally I would just pick up the phone and talk to him. But now when I talk, I talk a lot about my kids and my, you know, what I'm feeling as a mom and all this other stuff. So I'm like, el que va entender. So to my surprise, I, I shared that with him as well. And he was like, well, you know, like I have my journey as a father. And, and even though I'm a man, I can, I can give you my perspective. And he was so right. You know, like I'm a mom now. He's a dad now. Yes, we might all be the same sex, but he would still be able to give me like just this new perspective on the way I, I do things. And he's like, dude, you do this because of this. And here's this person that just knows me, right? He knows me so damn well. Like, why would I not reach out to them? So anyone out there that has had that influential, impactful person that just gives you that right advice or put things into perspective just because they know you so well and they can ground you, um, reach out to them. So don't wait reach out to them. For all of you listening to right now to our podcast and you're thinking like, wow, this person's my mentor, this person's my champion, or you know what? This person has really made an impact in my life. And I'm like, damn, I have to thank them. So you be thankful and be grateful for that. And if you have not yet had a mentor or a champion or this influential person in your life, reach out to Level Patina. We are coaches and we are here for you for that reason, because we knew that there was this lack of 
guidance and support um, in in these different aspects of our life. So if you're looking for that, please, please, please contact us. You know, set up your your free assessment call and see if if, the, if our coaching is for you. So thank you for joining us today. This is a really fun episode talking about champions, our journey with counselors, mentors. We tried to cover a little bit from peer mentors, from knowing when to recognize a champion or a mentor to who these people were and how they made a difference. And I hope that if you're listening, you saw yourself in the story. You saw ways that you could improve your circle, your network. If you need help, reach out to us. We are here to support you, to guide you. We are coaches, which are very similar to those champions and mentors in your life. And if you just don't know where else to turn or if it's that time in your life where you need to level up, look us up, level up with us, level up with this podcast every week. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, at Level Up Latina is our handle. At Latina underscore up is where you can find us on Twitter. There's so much great momentum and excitement. We have so many sponsors. Thank you for everybody who voted for us in the recent competition for People's Choice and Best Female Hosted Podcast. We are super grateful for your votes. Thank you for everybody who's checking out our different amazing products that we're partnering with right now. Don't forget your to get your discount with Rael. I am now seeing Rael everywhere. Get Rael.com. That's R-A-E-L, Rael. And the one thing I saw today was like their acne products. They have like spot treatments for acne, all organic. And my son's at that age, you know, where he's 15 and he's getting sort of self-conscious. And I thought these things are cool. So I'm going to get those. I'm going to use the code level up 10. It's level up in all caps one zero. And at getrail.com, they have all kinds of great stuff. Nab something that you need. That was a huge fan. It's a huge fan of their products. And I think it's really great for all of us to choose organic and to choose great companies that are willing to partner with small businesses like ours. So thank you again for joining us. I think I've caught it all. I I think I've said it all. Let's get un chingo. That's the one thing that I have not said. You two, I look up to you. You're my mentors, my champions. I come to you with insecurities, venting, chistes. Sometimes they land, sometimes they don't. That's what makes great champions and friends. So love you girls. Love the babies. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Love you both. Love you. Love you. Ciao, ciao. Love you. Don't forget to level up. Ahora sí, no No, un beso. 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 Un